Welcome to the Center Ranch Church Weekly Podcast. We believe that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast. Here's this week's message. We've been doing a series. We're going to wrap it up today because we're starting a new series next week. A series for uh, about four weeks now where we've really been talking about discipleship. Talking about taking steps of faith steps of obedience, and it applies to every area of our life, but we've been specifically working to apply it to our finances and our giving. And I know that 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 can be distasteful to some people, but giving is such an important part of discipleship, and it's like a training ground for other areas of, of our lives. And so we said it earlier in this series, as a church, we don't shy away from that. We try to intentionally cultivate and develop people as givers because giving is one of the most transformative things that we can do. It goes against your natural tendency. In the natural, we want to hoard, we want to accumulate, we want to hold hold on to, but it's, it's something supernatural that happens in someone's life that that is reversed and they, you find joy not in acquiring, but you begin to find a joy in giving, not in just being blessed, but being a blessing to somebody, to somebody else. And when people can take that step of maturity and become givers, you're beginning to display the character of God because God is, God is a giver. And you open yourself up to blessings like we just heard testified about. That when you begin to walk in obedience, it allows the blessing of God to begin to flow in your life in a special way. And so in this series, we've been following the life of Abram, who later became Abraham, working our way through different chapters in Genesis. We started in Genesis chapter 12, how God called Abram. And said, I want you to leave everything you have, everything you know. I want you to leave your family. He's 75 years old at this point. He's been living there for a long time. And go to a place I'm going to show you later. I want you to trust me. He's asking Abram to take this enormous step of faith, an enormous step of obedience. But we talked about how God didn't want something from him. God's desire, says when he called him to leave that place, he said, I want to bless you and make you a blessing. I want to make your name famous. I want you to be the father of many nations. I want all the families of the earth to be blessed through what I'm going to do in you and through you. God's desire was to bless Abram and to make him a blessing. But we said that God works in our lives through faith. Faith is what gives him access to have his way in our lives. And faith isn't just a list of doctrines or theological concepts that we adhere to. Faith is is demonstrated in our obedience. So when Abram got up, packed up his stuff, and headed out in obedience, that's what opened up God to be able to bless him. Again, you just heard it in that testimony. We made a decision, we're going to begin tithing. And it was like immediately, once they made that commitment, blessing started happening. God's desire for you and I is the exact same as it was for Abram. He wants to bless you and make you a blessing. He wants to bless our church family and make us a blessing. And that, that's significant in and of itself. Not just to be blessed. It's good to be blessed. Amen. I want to be blessed. I want you to be blessed. But it's a deeper and richer step, a step of deeper maturity to cultivate a desire. I want to be blessed. I do. But beyond that, I want to be a blessing. So when people talk about us as a church family, they don't just say, boy, those people are blessed. We want them to say that, right? But beyond that, we want them to say, boy, those people are a blessing. That we're blessed, that blessing overflows. So we are a blessing to the people around us. We are a blessing in our, our community. And the way that that happens, just like in Abram's life, 
We demonstrate our faith through what? We demonstrate faith through obedience. It's not enough to believe. The Bible says even the demons believe and they tremble. So just to say, yes, I have faith, there's got to be action to it. Faith is an act. We want to act in obedience. So that was what we talked about in Genesis chapter 12. Then we moved to Genesis chapter 13. And we talked about how Abram and Lot, his nephew, traveled walking in obedience to God and God began to bless them so much so they had more livestock, more herds than what the land could support. And so they they had to make a decision. And we talked about the importance of the decisions that we make. Your decisions matter. And how you go about making those decisions matters. Your decisions, all of them have consequences, either good or bad. Your decisions matter. And so how these two men handled this decision was enormously important. Really, it set a course for the rest of their lives. They had to make a decision. So Abram said, listen, why don't you decide, Lot? He was putting others first. You go before me. He was showing others preference, being generous in this decision. He says, you, you want to go to the left? Then I'll go to the right. You want to go to the right? I'll go to the left. And in the way that he handled that decision, it revealed that he knew his source of blessing wasn't the quality of the soil or the rainfall or the irrigation. He knew God was a source. He knew, God, you are my portion. You are my provider. It doesn't matter where I go. As long as I have you, I am a blessed man. He was walking in faith. He was walking, trusting God as his source. Lot made the decision differently. Instead of walking by faith, he made the decision walking by sight. He looked around, saw greener grass, streams, lush fields, and said, that's that's the direction I want to go. Purely walking by sight, walking by material wealth. That's how he made his decision. You can read the, the rest of the story of his life. He ends up living in wicked Sodom and Gomorrah, but you can trace it back to the point where he made this decision to walk by sight, and it was a step towards wickedness. And If you trace the men's lives, Abraham ended up more blessed, walking, knowing God, seeing God come through for him time and time again, fulfilled his destiny, fulfilled the call in his life. Lot got derailed, ended up losing his wife. His decision cost his family, ended up living in a cave, missed his destiny. You trace where those men ended up back to this decision and not just the decision, but how they made it. One was walking according to material things, walking according to sight. The other was walking by faith and walking in trust. How you and I make decisions is important, whether we make them in the natural or we make them in faith. The next week we looked at Genesis chapter 14, where Lot got himself in trouble living in Sodom and Gomorrah because Sodom and Gomorrah were defeated by a group of kings that had banded together. They came and they captured all of the people of those towns, carried away all of the possessions, all of the wealth. But Abram heard about it. And so he he loaded up with about 300 men and went and defeated all of those kings, set the people free, carried back the spoils of war. And on their way back, they encountered King Melchizedek who was also the high priest of the Lord. And Melchizedek, we're told in Hebrews, was a type of Christ, a foreshadowing of Jesus. And Melchizedek blessed Abram and said, Abram, you are blessed, blessed by God most high. And he said, it was God most high who gave you victory over your enemies. Abram acknowledged that he's in his 80s at this point. He's only got 300 some men going against four different kings. 
He acknowledged, of of course it was God. I can't do this in my own strength. My victory was 100% the Lord. It was all God. He deserves all of the credit, all of the acknowledgement. And the way he acknowledged it was all God was by bringing a tithe. That 10% wasn't acknowledging that God was responsible for like 10% of the victory. That 10% represented God was responsible for 100% of the victory. Everything I, I have, all of my success is is you, Lord. And the way he acknowledged that was through a tithe. It's the same thing for you and I. The tithe is a representative portion. When we're faithful in our tithe, it's saying, God, here's 10% to acknowledge everything. Everything is because of you. Everything I have, my success and work, the job, the strength of my body, the breath in my lungs, it's all due to you. Everything, God, you are my source. We acknowledge that through our tithe. We'll continue looking at the life of Abraham today. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17, we'll start reading in verse 1. It says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God. Walk before me. And be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you, and will multiply you exceedingly. We'll keep reading, but let me talk about those first couple of verses. God comes to Abram, he's 99 years old, he still hasn't had the son that God has been promising him, and he reveals himself by a new name. He says, I am God Almighty, which if you've ever heard the term El Shaddai talking about God, that's the Hebrew term that he's introducing himself as in these verses when he says, I'm God Almighty, I'm El Shaddai. I'm the all-sufficient one, it can be translated. It can be translated, I'm the God of more than enough. Abram, listen, if you'll stay with me, I'm everything and more than you'll ever need. If you'll trust me, you'll never go without. If you'll just keep yourself in covenant relationship with me. Covenant was everything I have is yours. Everything you have is mine. I belong to you. You belong to me. Listen, here's who I am. My name is El Shaddai. I don't lack. I am the God of more than enough. That's who I am. And he made this request. He says, walk before me and be blameless. Here's who I am. Here's what I would like from you. I want you to walk before me and be blameless. Now, when God says to walk before him, he's talking about his walk. It represents in the Bible. That's your life, your walk. It's everything that you do. I want you to walk before me. Keep your life open to me. I don't want you to have little areas or certain sections of your life that are off limits, that are hidden from me. I want you to walk before me and be blameless, be pure, walk in holiness. Keep yourself open before me. That's what God says. Let's read the next few verses. Verse three. Then Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but you shall be called Abraham for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. So God says, Abram, I want, I want not just more of you, not just a portion. I want all of you. I, I want you to walk before me and be blameless. Acknowledge me in every part of your life. And Abram's response to that was to do what? It says that he fell on his face before the Lord. He just laid himself before God. 
That, that's a posture of acknowledging God, everything that I am is yours. I am a sacrifice. I put myself in your hands. I, I belong to you. I am yielded. I surrender myself to you. That's, that's the posture he was taking. Similar to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago. We've got these wheelbarrows up here. I had one on stage. We talked about that old illustration of Charles Blondine, the tightrope walker from the 1800s. It was famous for his, his stunts on the tightrope. His most famous was over the Niagara Falls. He would stretch out the tightrope 1,100 feet across the Niagara Falls, 160 feet high above the water, and he would walk back and forth, and crowds would gather and cheer. We talked about some of the stunts going across on stilts, carrying an oven out there, a stove and eggs, and making himself an omelet in the middle of the tightrope. All kinds of craziness to get the crowd cheering and thrilled with what he was doing. But the most famous stunt he did was when he went across with a wheelbarrow. People cheered. They thought it was wonderful. He kept himself balanced. And then he asked, how many of you think I could do it with a man in the wheelbarrow? Everyone shout, started shouting, we believe, we believe. And he said, that's great. I just need a man to get in the wheelbarrow. And everyone got silent, broke eye contact, didn't want any part of that. There was one thing for them to say, we believe. It was another thing for them to actually put themselves in that situation. So maybe an overused illustration, but it's so, it, it, it's so good for what we're talking about because so many people will say they believe in God, say that they trust God as their source, their provider, but God is looking for someone not to put themselves in a wheelbarrow. We say, let that wheelbarrow represent the hands of God and move from just lip service to actually say, God, I trust you. I put myself entirely in your hands. That, that's what Abram was doing. He said, God said, walk before me. I'm all you'll ever need. Trust me, walk before me, be blameless. And Abram laid himself, God, I'm in your hands. I'm yielded to you. And when he laid himself before the Lord, yielded himself, I'm yours, God. I give myself everything to you. God begins to speak to him. God begins to reconfirm the promise. I'm going to make you a father of many nations. In fact, I'm going to change your name right now. No longer Abram. I call you Abraham because I've, I've already made you. I have made you a father of many nations. And when God says this to Abram, now Abraham, it's not just a, I'm going to give you a nickname. I'd prefer it if you'd let me call you this other name. I always like this name. He's speaking it to him, speaking it over him. This is prophetic what's taking place. You are a father. I have made you. I've, it's done. I've made you a father of many nations. I've changed your name. And how many know when God speaks, his words are powerful. The word of God is living. It's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Read the creation account. When God speaks things, they, they happen. Let there be light. There's power in the word of God. And just like he spoke into the darkness and created light, he's now speaking into the void of fruitlessness in Abram's life and says, I call you a father of many nations. And what created the environment for the word of God to be able to go in and accomplish what he set out to do was the yieldedness of Abram. It's like the parable of the sower where the word is going out. It's the seed. And it lands all different places, but where it brings forth its full potential is where it finds broken, good, fertile soil. And him yielding himself like that, Lord, I'm all yours. Everything I have is yours. Create the environment for the word of God to take root and transform him, mold him and shape him into what God had destined him to be. And that's exactly what happened. God hasn't even had Isaac yet. God says, you are Abraham, father of many nations. Kings will come from you. That's exactly what happened. We've talked about it before. Abraham has Isaac. Isaac has Jacob. Jacob's name is turned to Israel. Israel has 12 sons. They become the 12 tribes 
of, of Israel. One of those sons is Judah. From Judah comes Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, that all the families of the earth are blessed through. He's become the father of many nations. Kings have come from his lines. But he also had Ishmael, and all the Islamic nations came from him. What God spoke to him prophetically came about. Why? Because he was yielded. He created an atmosphere that word would accomplish what it was set out to do. When we talk about giving, it's not, it's not about money. Giving cultivates a yieldedness in our lives that the word of God can come and he can mold us and shape us in what he wants us to be. Like clay on a potter's wheel. It doesn't matter what the potter wants to do if the clay won't participate and conform. But when I, I, I'm broken and yielded to the Lord, like good, soft clay, it allows the hand of God, the word of God to accomplish in me, mold me and shape me. But I've got to be yielded to what he wants. Giving cultivates that yieldedness in our lives. When I'm completely yielded to the Lord, he can have his way. And it's a rich environment for what God has to say about me, what God has to say about you. Not just be a nice verse that we have posted on our refrigerator, but there's an environment where it actually molds us and shapes us into the man of God, the woman of God. You're free, you're forgiven, you're anointed, you're more than a conqueror, you're an overcomer, you're a son, you're a daughter, you're gifted and talented and anointed. I'm molded into what God has called me to be when I'm yielded and I allow that word to take root. And the yieldedness comes from being surrendered to the Lord. And that's why we've been praying along these lines. Because when I say, God, you can have anything, you know what I'm really saying? God, you can have everything. If I can bring myself to a point where, God, anything, you can have anything, then I've brought myself to a point where I'm also saying, God, you can have everything. Everything is yours. All that I have, all that I am belongs to you. If he's truly Lord of our life, right? Lord of our life, then he needs to be Lord of our finances as well. Amen. And where your treasure is, your heart is. So if I say he's Lord of my life, but I don't want him to be calling the shots when it comes to my money, then I'm Lord of my money. I'll decide when I give or if I give or how I give. I'll make those decisions. Then I'm Lord of my money. And if I'm Lord of my money, then I'm Lord of my heart. So if I want Jesus to be Lord of my heart, he also needs to be Lord of my finances because the two are linked together. That's why this is so important. It's not just about giving. It's not just about money. It's about discipleship and being molded and shaped and yielded, completely surrendered to the hand of God and the word of God. Money is a revealer of where our hearts really really are. That's why we've been encouraging you. We've been saying, let's, let's plow our hearts. That's real. If you'll, if you'll engage in this process that we've been talking about, it's real. It brings a brokenness, a yieldedness, an ability for God's word to come in and begin to take root in a fresh new way. We've been asking people to plow by praying, God, what would you have me give over this next year? Father, I, I want to give anything that you want. I want genuinely listen not just to say it, then listen. Listen as a, as a couple if you're married. Be, you know, let's both pray. Let's see what God is speaking to us. And when God speaks, we, we want to take steps of obedience. And then we're going to watch as God wows us with his faithfulness and his kindness and his goodness. We, we just heard an amazing testimony of that being exactly, exactly what happens. So we're talking about taking steps. We want every person to take a next step. We've talked about these different levels of, of giving that really represent different levels where we are in our discipleship. The mindset, level one, where people think, what, what do I do with my stuff? 
That's how a lot of people think. When they're gonna manage, gonna be stewards, what should I do with my stuff? But it is a significant step when someone comes to a point of realizing it's not my stuff, it's God's stuff, right? That, that, that's a significant step. That's maturity, that's insight, that's revelation. All that I have really belongs to God. So if I move from what should I do with my stuff to what should I do with God's stuff, I've just matured. I've just taken a step forward. But I can take another step. If it's God's stuff, what would he have me do with it? What, what would God have me do with God's stuff? So we've been, we've been talking about those different levels in giving because they really represent levels in trusting God and putting our hope in him and being yielded, obedient to him. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter six. Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. What starts this sequence? What initiates that sequence that Jesus is talking about? It'll be given to you, good measure, pressed down, running over, men will pour into your bosom. What opens people up to that kind of blessing? What starts what God wants to do? What initiates it is give, if you will give, if you open yourself, it's, talk, it's like Abram being yielded, Lord, all that I am is yours. He's looking for an opening and give and you'll set off this sequence of events where God will begin to do what he bless you and make you a blessing. God wants to overflow you, your cup running over, but it starts with you being yielded and obedient. God doesn't want more of you. He wants, he wants all of you. you. You can have anything, which means you can have everything. Give and it will be given to you. You give and God gives back even more than you gave. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. It's like the analogy that Paul used writing to the Corinthians. It's like sowing seed. You're sowing and with the same measure you use to sow, it's the measure that you're gonna see a harvest. So people will give and then even more is poured back into their lap so that they can give even more than they gave the first time, right? And then you can give even more and you get an even bigger harvest and it creates, it creates a cycle in your lives. How many can testify they've seen that in their lives? They've taken a step to give and they've seen God has blessed them with even more and it's put them in a position to give at a higher level. And if, you, if you'll continue to be faithful, you'll continue to see that cycle just increase and increase. And that's what we want. We want to be blessed, yes, but a better place. I want to be blessed to be a blessing and I want the, my ability to be a blessing to continue to increase. So I need to continue to activate this give and it will be given to you. Some people make the mistake. They give once they take a step and they see the blessing and they're content too soon. They just, I'm content to plat, just to plateau right here. And to, instead of continuing to activate this cycle, this principle that Jesus gave us, what opens us up to the hand of God is when we are yielded and obedient, give and it'll be given to you pressed down, shaken together. Think about what he said. When I give, so significant. When I am yielded to God, he starts pressing, starts shaping, pressed down. There's a, there's a shaking that happens in my life by the hand of God. And all of it's activated when I take a step to give. Turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. In chapter 21, Isaac is born. The child of promise he's been waiting for, for 25 years, he's born. Genesis chapter 22, God speaks to Abraham again. Start reading in verse one. It says, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. 
Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. I want to keep reading. But notice the faith of Abraham as he's going up on this mountain to do what? To sacrifice his son. And he tells the men that are going to be waiting, you guys stay here. We're going to go yonder. Doesn't sound like a very uh, Middle Eastern thing to say, but we're going to go yonder. And uh, the lad and I will be back. We're going to go worship. He's going up to sacrifice his son and he's so full of faith. So he trusts God so much, even as he's on his way to sacrifice, he's got a confidence that when I walk in obedience, when I'm walking where God provides, I'm never going to lack. He's already been revealed. I'm I'm the all sufficient one. I'm the God of more than enough. You stick with me. You'll never lack. So even as he's going to make a sacrifice, he's speaking with the confidence. I'm going to go sacrifice my son and sure enough, we will be back. My son is coming with him. That is a high level of faith because he trusts in the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God. If God said he'd give me this son, he'd bless me and make me a blessing that from this son more would even come Then I know that when I go sacrifice him, I'm not coming back with less than I stepped into obedience with God. Here's something you've probably heard a hundred times, but it's so true and you see it in this story. Where God guides, he provides. Where God guides, he provides. Abram had that trust. If God is guiding me, He's going to be the one that's providing for me here. Let's, let's continue reading. Verse six. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood. But where is the lamb? for a burnt offering. Isaac's starting to get a little suspicious. Something's missing here. He's looking around. Things aren't adding up. Verse eight, and Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. He continues, we're, we're, two of us are coming back together. Dad, what, what are we gonna be sacrificing up there? Son, we serve a God who is a provider. When, when we look in Hebrews chapter 11, and it's the hall of faith, talking about these incredible men and women of God that walked in faith. When it talks about Abraham, listen to what it says about him. Genesis, Genesis chapter 11, starting in verse 17, it says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. His faith was so high, God's gonna provide. Even if I go through with it and I kill this boy, God will raise him up. I trust God. If I walk in obedience, I'm not going to go without. If I walk where God guides me, it's impossible for me to miss the provision of God. Even if I put this knife in my son, God will raise him up. That's a high level of faith in the provision of God. Let's keep reading. 
Verse nine, then they came to the place of which God had told them. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide as it is said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. So he takes the knife, stretches out his hand. He's got his son tied up. The wood's all in order. It's come down to it. He grabs the knife. He's about to plunge that knife into his son. In faith, God, I trust you. I don't necessarily understand, but I trust you are, you've told me, you're El Shaddai. I'll never lack with you. I'm willing to do whatever. All that I have is yours. And God speaks to him and says, nope, that's far enough. There's a ram in the thicket. And there's a revelation a new name of God is revealed. The Lord will provide. In the Hebrew, it's Jehovah Jireh. If you've heard that term, that, this is the story where it comes from. I, I'm the Lord who provides. Jehovah Jireh. I'm the God who is the provider. How did Abraham get this fresh revelation of this new aspect of God's character and nature? I'm the one that provides. I am your provider. By being willing to yield everything, being willing to sacrifice, all that I am is yours. God, I'll give you anything. That's what brought a fresh revelation of the provision of God is being yielded to God. God didn't want to hurt Abraham. He wanted to bless him and make him a blessing. He wanted to call Abraham up there and test his faith, but also show him a new side of himself that Abraham had never known. He wanted to bring revelation, manifest himself in a new way, show himself as good, show himself as a provider, show himself as a blesser. That, that's who God is. And he wants to make himself known. He's looking for opportunities to make himself known. And where he has that opportunity is where people like you and I will be completely yielded and say, God, you can have anything, which means, God, you can have everything. That kind of yieldedness, that kind of softness in the hand of God allows God to manifest himself in our lives to us and also through us. To be yielded, completely yielded to God. Where God guides, he provides. Where he guides, he provides. There was something specific that God was asking of Abraham. That's where God was guiding him to offer his, his son. And that's where the provision was. That's where that ram was caught in the thicket. It wasn't a random place. God had led him to that point and asked something specific. That's true of each of us. Where God guides us is where God will provide for us. That's why this is so important, to hear the voice of God and then walk in obedience. Because whatever God asks of you, if you'll follow his leading, that's where the provision is. So if I refuse to follow his leading, I'm also going to miss the provision that he has for me. So just like he had something specific for Abram, he has something specific for you, something specific for me. So I've been plowing our hearts. God, what would you have me give? What, what is it specific for you? Where is God leading you? What steps does he want from you? Because where he guides, where he's guiding you, he's guiding you into provision. He doesn't guide you into lack. He doesn't guide you into heartache. Where he guides, he provides. So we've been praying. 
wanting to hear God's voice when it comes to these commitments that we're making. And there's a significant part that is how we fund the ministry. That is part of it. We wanna increase in our ministry. We want to increase in our effectiveness. We want these numbers on this little sheet when we talk about this next time for all of them to be higher. We want to make more impact, see more people saved. We want to give more to missions. We want to give more to local ministries that we support. We want to eliminate our debt. That's all part of it. But even more significant is what he's doing in the lives of the men and women in our church. We're not trying to raise money. We're trying to raise disciples that genuinely follow after Jesus. And if we can succeed in doing that, money stuff takes care of itself. Where God leads, where he guides, he provides. On your way in, you should have received a commitment card in your bulletin. If you got one, would you go ahead and pull it out for just a second? If you didn't get one, would you raise your hand? I want to make sure everyone has one of these commitment cards. Lift your hand. Our our ushers will get one to you. When we talk about putting things in the hands of God, in sacrificing. That's not a church gimmick. The enemy has tried to create the perception. This kind of stuff is, is preacher gimmick, church gimmick stuff. You can see this is all through the Bible. God calling people to sacrifice. God calling people to give. This is, this is biblical discipleship. If you look at that commitment card, on the one side it has our, our giving ladder or the steps And it says, I am, or we are, if you're a family or a couple, stepping up to. What we want is for everyone to be able to take a step. We want everyone to take a step of obedience, to progress, to move forward. Maybe for you, that step is to become a first-time giver. If you become a first-time giver, that is amazing. That's an enormous step of faith to take. If you've never given before, to begin to trust God with your finances. If that's a step, I'd love for you to mark that. In just a couple of minutes, I'm gonna have you come forward and bring your commitment cards to the front. Maybe you've, you've given once, but just make it a consistent thing, a consistent part of your life. You're gonna move from, I, I've been a first-time giver, I'm gonna take another step. Or maybe like you heard in the testimony video, you're an occasional giver, but you've never become a, a faithful tither. And that's really where we want everyone to get is that level of obedience where they're bringing 10% because that's what the Bible instructs us to do. If you've got to take a couple of steps to grow to that point, that's wonderful. That's where we want to get people. And if that's the next step for you, I feel like God's dealing with your heart like he did that family on, on the video earlier. I feel like God's dealing with our heart. We, we need to become tithers, that you'd mark that. You can move beyond tithing to becoming a kingdom builder, which is above and beyond the 10%. Bring offerings to the Lord. The Bible talks about bringing tithes and offerings. And really, until you, until you step up to being a tither, you cannot be someone who brings an offering. You can't bring something beyond what you haven't brought in the first place. And maybe that's a point where you say, you know what? I'm going to move beyond the tithe. I want to start stretching myself. I feel like God's leading me to go beyond, beyond 10%. I shared with you a couple of weeks ago, what my, my wife and I have been praying. We're doing the same thing we've been asking of you, praying, God, what would you have us give this next year? What do you want our giving to look like? Talk about it as a couple. And I shared with you, we felt like 20% was what God was calling us to. And I, I said before, I'm not sharing that to try to impress you. I'm sharing that to try to lead you. I just want to, I want to be an example. We're doing the same process. 
sharing a percentage because if I gave a number, some of you would roll your eyes. That, that doesn't sound like very much. Some of you would say that sounds like a lot of money. It, it doesn't matter. I'm just, everyone has a specific thing, right? It's specific. What is God asking me? What's God asking us? What's God asking you? Where he's guiding me, that's where the provision's gonna be. Where God's guiding you, that, that's where the provision is going to be. That we wanna walk in obedience. So I would love for everyone, we'll take a couple of minutes to fill out this card. Maybe if you're a couple, you still need to talk about it a little bit. You can check what we're stepping up to. What's the step? Maybe you say, you know what, we're tithing and that's it, we're staying at tithing. Make that commitment. I'd love for you to still make that commitment. We're staying right where we are and bring it forward here in just a couple of minutes. Below where you check what you're stepping up to, it says, I, I or we plan to give accordingly. You can break it down for 52 weeks or 12 months, what that's gonna look like over the year. Maybe there's a one-time gift. Coming up on November 21st, we're gonna have a big, a big give Sunday where you can bring a first portion. Or maybe there's something specific. God's dealing with my heart to bring this certain amount or to sell this item and, and bring it before the Lord. November 21st, we're, we're gonna have a special kingdom builder offering. So you can just mark that in your mind. No, we're gonna have a, a, a special offering that day. If you wanna bring a first portion of what God has called you to do. On the back, if there's something that isn't monetary that you feel led to give, we've had people give jewelry or different valuable items. People give stocks and those kinds of things. There's, you can fill out information on the back. Then there's also a breakdown if it's helpful to you. If you're gonna give $2,000 over the year, what that looks like monthly or weekly, if that's helpful, that's on the back. I'd love for everyone to fill that out. And then in just a couple of moments, I'll invite you to come and bring, bring that commitment card. And maybe it's, maybe it's corny, but if you'd allow it to mean something this morning, when we make these commitments, if we're genuine, if, if those of us that have really engaged, God, you can have anything. You just speak to me. I'm also saying, God, you can have everything. So what I write on this card is representative. God, you have my heart. God, you have all that I am. Just like Abraham laying before the Lord. God, I want to walk before you. You have all that I am. I'm going to bring this card. I'm going to lay it in this wheelbarrow re representing God. I put myself entirely in your hands. God, I'm all yours. You have everything. I trust you not just lip service. I put myself in your hands. I'm not just going to say, I believe I'm yours, Lord. I'm yours. You know, the story of Abraham being willing to offer Isaac is a foreshadowing pointing towards when Jesus was sacrificed for us, another father willing to sacrifice his only, only son. When Abraham was willing to offer Isaac, he was showing God, revealing to God how much he loved and how devoted he was to God. But when God was willing to sacrifice Jesus, he was revealing how much he loves you and I. John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus laid everything down on our behalf. So we're gonna bring our, our commitments before the Lord. Lord, you have my everything, but we don't have to go first. Jesus already went first. God the Father already went first and gave us everything. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He's already gone all in on us. We're just responding. We love because he first loved us. We give him everything because he first gave us everything. In the story of the prodigal son, what caused the older son to be bitter and disengaged from the father was not understanding when the father said, son, all that I have is yours. I, everything I have is yours. Some of us don't understand that everything, God has made everything 
Every spiritual blessing in heaven belongs to you and I through Christ Jesus. And that's what covenant is. God said, everything I have is yours. We say, everything I have is yours as well. And so we're gonna bring our offering, bring our commitment card anyway, place it in that wheelbarrow, and then we're gonna share communion together, the communion meal. Jesus said to do this in remembrance of me. We're remembering that God has already emptied the treasures of heaven for you and I. The body of Jesus broken for you. The blood of Jesus that was shed for you. A new covenant opened up for you and I. And so in just a moment, Pastor Jonathan and the band will lead us. You and your, your spouse, you can take a minute to fill out that commitment card. I'm gonna invite you to come forward. The ushers, you can go ahead and make your way to the front. We'll have ushers up here with the communion elements. As you bring your commitment card, place it in the wheelbarrow. God, you have, you have everything. Well, that's this week's message. Thanks for joining us. To stay connected with us throughout the week, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can also watch previous week's services on our YouTube page.